Welcome to Stutter Talk, episode 673. We're recording March 17th. Hope to publish this March 18th, 2020. I am Peter Reitzes, here with Bob, the expert, Quiesel. <laughs> Bob, thanks for putting up with me all of these years. Um, Yes, Peter, you bet. <laughs> <laughs> right? We're laughing because during tough times, we got to get our mind off of things and we got to talk about stuttering a bit to help us do that. Uh, we wish the best to everyone across the globe as we all struggle with this international health crisis. Uh, I hope that cuckoo clock was not directed at me, Bob. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Yes. Uh, I forgot about your cuckoo clock. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, Dr. Bob Quiesel is a professor emeritus of communication sciences and disorders at Western Illinois University. Bob's a person who stutters and a fellow of the American Speech Lang Language Hearing Association. And Bob is retired now and a former certified specialist in fluency and fluency Disorders. I'm Peter Reitzes. I am host of Stutter Talk, president of Stutter Talk, and I am a person who stutters and a speech lang language pathologist. I'd like to give a very big thank you to the amazing Haya Goldstein for joining us at Stutter Talk as a host. She's been hosting some amazing Stutter Talk at, at episodes, and I'm very proud to feature Haya Goldstein at Stutter Talk. Bob, we've got three big topics today. We're, we're going to discuss a column titled, Is Biden's Stuttering Being Mistaken for Cognitive Decline? That was recently published in Neiman Re Reports. We're not going to be talking politics. We're going to be talking stuttering. Uh, we're going to be discussing the somewhat common occurrence of possible stuttering being the only thing considered by an IEP team when other things could be considered, and stuttering in the military. Let's, let's jump right in. I've been a speech-language pathologist in the public schools for 20 years, Bob, and every year or two, something comes up. And I'm going to put together a scenario. It's not one child. I'm sort of putting together a lot of variables. And this is the type of thing that currently happens, occurs in the public schools. So you'll have a very well-meaning teacher or a well-meaning administrator come to you and say, hey, I want you to go listen to Jose in the third grade. I think he might stutter. So you talk to the teacher and the teacher says, oh, Jose, well, Jose's got real attention difficulties. His parents think he might be on the spectrum. He's having a lot of problems at school focusing. He's got some behavior issues. He yells at adults. Uh, and sometimes when he talks, he makes the mm sound between words. So I think that might be stuttering. So there's a ton of stuff going on. And because he makes this mm sound every now and then, um, the teacher or the administrator comes to you and they think, hey, is this stuttering? And the reason they come to the speech therapist is because on staff at a school, there's not a psychiatrist and there's not a doctor. So there's nobody to consider a possible tic disorder. There's nobody to consider possible Tourette's. There's nobody to consider a possible anxiety disorder or other issue. So they come to the speech therapist 
And uh, well, actually, before I go on, I'm going to stop right there. Does this surprise you, Bob, or is this not surprising? No, no. This is something that I'm. Uh, I I I don't I don't work in the schools, obviously. But I don't I don't I don't I don't work anymore. But but when I when I was employed, I didn't work in the schools, and and I my only experience in the schools was as a as a client. But I had a lot of students, have a lot of students, former students who. Um, work in the schools. And I would say probably the most common question I get from former students, like they, they'll email me with questions. I, I have this, this client or I have this situation. And what you described to me is probably the thing I hear about the most from my former students. Um, a, a child who has fluency as one component of a constellation of symptoms but because like you say the slp is the speech person the administrator or teacher uh grabs onto the speech aspect and that becomes the reason that they come to the slp and say okay um you got to fix this kid yeah, this type of stuff happens all the time, and it's so weird. Stuttering is both underdiagnosed and overdiagnosed at the same time. And I understand completely that stuttering is variable and that a lot of kids outgrow stuttering. I also will get IEPs for children who have transferred to my school. And this has happened for 20 years. And they come into my school with an IEP that says they stutter. And I can't tell you how often I meet the child and I wonder to myself, did this child ever really <laughs> stutter? And so, for example, with this child who makes the mm sound, um, this type of thing happens all the time. And uh, I have been asked to listen to a teacher speak to a child and I'll listen. And every now and then, again, the child will just be talking like I'm talking mm now and they'll just throw in a sound. And I hear that and I'll say to the teacher, I don't know what that is. I don't know if that's a tick. <laughs> I don't know if that's a habit. I don't know if that's attention seeking. And that's not something I say often, but sometimes it fits. Uh, but I see behaviors that I am not quick to call stuttering, but because I'm a speech therapist and because we don't have other people on the IEP team, that's what people um, grasp at first. And it's so, I, I, Bob, your head would explode if you saw this. I recently <laughs> saw an IEP for a child where the speech therapist the speech language pathologist gave some stuttering tests that I actually didn't know. And the speech therapist rated the child as not stuttering, as having normal fluencies. But the teacher rated the child as having mild stuttering. So the child was given an IEP for stuttering when the speech therapist diagnosed the child as not stuttering, but because the teacher filled out some rating scale. <laughs> and then it's like, well, I'm so confused about who the professional, like why even have a speech therapist? Uh, right. So things like this happen. And then you meet the child and, and you think to yourself, did this child ever? Uh, so, you know, 
So I actually find myself in recent years saying to teachers and administrators and to teams, when the only tool you bring in <laughs> to the conversation is a hammer, then everything becomes a nail. So I'm somebody who has become very comfortable saying, I don't know why the child is making that sound, but I don't have any evidence that that sound is stuttering. Like we need to open up this conversation. You know, while I understand that there's concerns about attention and autism, while the parents don't want to consider that, okay. And that doesn't, by the way, that doesn't happen a lot, but that these type of things right. happen. Um, or, you know, um, yeah, that we we've we've asked the parent to take the child to the doctor. They just haven't done so yet. So there's a lot of well, shouldn't we be ruling out other issues like tick disorders um, and neurological issues? Like, so it just seems to me that stuttering is so easy to grasp onto. Oh sure, I mean, I think I think everything you said is is true. I mean, again, I I think that you know there there's there there's so many issues that that enter into this. I mean, again, the idea that, well, you know, the, this, the speech pathologist is there in the school, they're providing their services for free. When you start talking about making referrals to a neurologist or a, um, another medical professional, that's probably going to involve some sort of expense, um, whether the school, you know, would cover that or not, uh, it's doubtful. Then the parents are looking at an expense. Um, you know, there, there's there's all these issues that enter into these decisions of you know trying to re refer to to a to an outside specialist who's going to help to diagnose a problem that's probably something beyond stuttering. Um, as you say, the fear of of the diagnosis. Um, uh, Potential fear, whether the parents right, are, right. that's true of all parents or not. And I, I'm, I don't think so, but I think there may be some parents who would prefer not to hear a diagnosis um, that's more, more severe uh, than something like stuttering. Uh, although more, many parents think that's pretty severe as well. But, um, but yeah, I think that the idea is, you know, you're somebody who's, who's, who's in-house. Um, if you believe that the, the actual scope of practice, we can pretty much treat treat anything, and so so uh, you, you figure that there's there's probably some some of that play, playing a role in it as well. And I'm saying the tongue and tongue and cheek here, um, but but um, but I think that yeah, I mean, and, and it's often it's often difficult that you know you, you're kind of battling with teachers or administrators, and you're saying, well, I, I think you're wrong, you know, this is what I think, and and you know, it just it just is part of what makes um, trying to provide the best services uh, often more difficult than it needs to be. Yeah. And I think for, for me, the bottom line, which I'll say to you and our colleagues, is don't diagnose something as um, if you don't think um, it's it's that simple for me. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. and, I, oh, yeah. and I've never been uh, pushed into doing that, but I, I could see that there is a real desire sometimes to be able to give a child something, to label a child with something, to get them an IEP for something. So again, right. you have a child who's having a real hard time in school and people are wondering if it's autism and they come to you to talk about stuttering. And then you have to take even a larger step back and say, well, you know, you're not describing. You see, this is interesting. I didn't even know I was going to say this to you. And sometimes the sound that the teacher, I'll stick with this example of 
the child saying, mm, uh, it's not even described as a problem. It's just like, well, I think that's stuttering. So they describe mm-hmm. other things as a problem that's interfering with the child's academic education, but then they're coming to you to, quote, fix something that they're not even saying is a problem. They're just saying they notice it. Right. Wow. Well, you, yeah. well one of the other things, too, you have to keep in mind is, you know, your, your level of expertise about stuttering, your ability to step in and say, I don't think that that's stuttering, um, is probably different than uh, oh, 80 plus percent of SLP's ability. Uh, your sort of garden variety um, generalist school SLP ability to jump in and say, I don't believe that's stuttering. Um, I think there's also that issue as well. I think probably a lot of those those IEPs you've read from other SLPs may just simply be a matter of they're not really sure what stuttering is either. Uh, and so as a result, they go ahead and treat based on what they know. And again, like I say, the, this all gets back to sc- scope of practice, the fact that SLPs are expected to, to know so much. Right. People can't be experts in everything. So because it's a fluency problem, other people are saying it's a fluency problem. The SLP has got a caseload of, you know, what, 60 kids or whatever, 40 kids. And so they say, okay, I'll, I'll go ahead and, you know, it seems like based on everything I'm hearing, this might be stuttering. I'll go ahead and do it and treat it as stuttering um, as opposed to what's going to be involved in trying to, you know, again, get the, get the outside um, assessments or whatever it might be. Um, it's, you know, it's often... Um, it's 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 often a challenge because there really is a lot involved in trying to do, to do this sort of differential diagnosis of fluency problems. Yeah, and and the last thing I'm going to say on this topic is that when you're in such a situation uh, and you're talking to a classroom teacher and to a child who the teacher thinks may stutter. You can do things in that short amount of time, like pretend you don't hear the child and ask the child to repeat himself or herself. Because we know when people who stutter are asked to repeat themselves, they often will stutter at that moment. Mm -hmm. You could ask the child to tell you a long, complicated story. You could do things like interrupt the child when they're talking to apply some type of time pressure, like not being mean, but doing right, things yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that if the, if the child stutters, this would likely trigger the stuttering. Right. Um, and I, I found it very helpful to do these things and then to be able to say to a teacher or administrator, I used all the tricks and knowledge I have and I wasn't able to trigger stuttering. This is Stutter Talk. Peter writes us here with Dr. Bob Quiesel. Bob, let's talk talk about stuttering in the military. I was recently corresponding with a friend of mine who lives in Israel, and uh, he, he shared with me this. I served four years in the IDF. That's the Israeli Defense Forces. I had some pretty difficult experiences during basic training. For example, when we 
When put on guard duty, I felt absolute terror as to how I would manage to call people and to raise the alarm if there were to be an incident. When I was initially drafted, my medical profile was not reduced because of my stuttering. However, at a later stage, it was reduced in order for me to avoid going to a particular course. Uh, officer's course, I think. From my point of view, it was good that I was not made to go to officer's course as I would not have coped with my stuttering in that stressful environment. I knew that my speech was much more difficult when I had to speak and react fast. So what do you think of that, Bob? Well, I think think that's that person's experiences with 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 his with his stuttering and so i think that you know again it, it's um i think what one of the things we often do is is when when people share their experiences about stuttering it's like well it isn't right or wrong it's just what that person experienced and i think that the decision that he made was probably based on his knowledge of his stuttering um some people would probably say, well, you know, you should have, you know, tried harder to, you know, to, um, to, um, be an officer, whatever. Um, but again, uh, if, if he felt that, um, at that point in his life, that it was better to, um, not pursue things that would involve a lot of talking in the military. Um, I don't have any problem with that. Yeah. You know, it's tough because here in the United States, now I've never served in the military. I have great respect for folks who do. And I imagine I, that if you're on guard duty in the United States, you're you're probably not worried about a foreign invasion. And I, I, I'm not saying that snidely. I'm saying that. Yeah, if, but if you are on guard duty in Israel, uh, that neighborhood uh there is, it's a different neighborhood. Right, it's a yes. different neighborhood. There really could be a foreign invasion. There, there could be an attack. So I think that the stakes in Israel are higher than being on guard duty in the U.S. Um, so I, at first, when I read those comments from this friend, I, I, I my first re- reaction was, "You stutter. You can do anything." And then I quickly remembered how when I was. 21 years old, how hard stuttering was for me. So it's this admission that right now you stutter and you don't think you can do it. Uh, And, you know, I'm reluctantly okay with that. But I, you know, the younger me is appalled at the older me, (laughs) if if I'm being (laughs) blunt about it, because I still do think, you know, you can do anything. But here you have a person who stutters worried about being able to use his words at a crucial moment. And that must be terrifying for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. But as I say, I mean, I, I don't, I don't, uh, I mean, I rarely um, begrudge, you know, uh, it, it doesn't bother me when people share their experiences like that and say that this was the, the decision I made. Now, again, if the person came for th- therapy and said, I don't think I can be an officer because I, um, I um, uh, I stutter. Perhaps as part of therapy, you would say, "Well, well, let's let's talk about that. Let's let's discuss that. Let's see if we can get you to a point where you maybe feel differently about your 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 speech." Um, but 
it doesn't mean that that at that point in time he's wrong. It just means that at that at that point in time his experiences uh, tell him that um, he you know it's wiser for him to sort of hang back. Now, as you say, maybe in in twenty years he'll look back and say, "I should have taken more risks. I should have maybe done things differently." But again, absent some kind of formal intervention, uh, speech therapy of some kind, I would say you can't just force somebody say, oh, stop being such a chicken. You, you, know, you, can, you can talk, you can do anything you want to. Again, you, you, you typically don't achieve those sorts of things just by somebody saying to you, rah, rah, go, go, go. You know, you, you, it, it, it requires some sort of formal intervention with a, with a trained professional who helps to, to guide you uh, to that point. Um, usually during a, a, a series of hierarchical steps where you take smaller and smaller or uh, bigger and bigger risks, starting with small risks, small risks, small steps, to the point where you're comfortable taking those bigger risks. And like you say, in the absence of something like that, I mean, I, I have no problem at all with a person who at some point in time makes a decision about their speech in the absence of some formal uh, intervention. And that's, that's the decision that that person made. And uh, I'm not going to judge him um, and say, oh, you're doing it wrong. Because um, <laughs> right, what, right. what he's doing is, is, is right, is right for, for him, as far as I'm concerned. And we both know po- police officers and service members in the United States who stutter. And oh, they're sure. at a different, a different part of their lives, a different point with their stuttering. And they are very successful in the military and in the police, and they deal with stuttering. Sure, right, exactly. And, and, and I'm not saying that my, my Israeli friend doesn't deal with stuttering, but right now, is it safe to say, fair to say, that part of his dealing with stuttering at that time was saying, right now, I am not ready for officer school with where I am with my speech. Right, right. And, and so, I think if we talk, talk, talk to any of those people who are, who are, who are successful – as um, military personnel or police officers or whatever, um, I would suspect that most of them would say that they they had to go through a period where they they came to grips with their stuttering and they either had experiences that helped them to believe that the stuttering wasn't going to hold them back, or they they again they had some kind of therapy, some kind of intervention with a professional who helped them to take some risks and realize that the speech wasn't going to to, to hold hold them back. Um, before they reached the point where they were able to be successful in spite of their of their stuttering. And so, as I say, we, we can't take somebody at a certain point in time and say, you should be this much farther down the road because that's where, you know, that's where, where we'd like you to be. It's like, well, how are we going to get you that, that much farther down the road? Not just say, well, you need to be there. Um, <laughs> you know, it's like telling somebody, well, you should be, you know, five miles from here, um, within the next uh, 10 minutes, go, and uh, we don't give them any kind of a vehicle to get there. <laughs> right. <so. laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, and uh, let's leave the topic there.
topic there. This is Stutter Talk. Peter writes this with Dr. Bob Quiesel, episode 673. And we're going to move into the topic of the column that's making its way across stuttering Facebook land. Uh, is Biden stuttering being mistaken for cognitive decline, which is written by Isaac Bailey, who is a person who stutters. Uh, so of course, by Biden, he means Vice President Joseph Biden, who was Barack Obama's vice president, uh, and he was also an American senator. And let's just say right at the top here that this is not going to be a political conversation. Stutter Talk does not endorse specific candidates. Uh, because we're talking about Joe Biden does not mean that we are endorsing Joe Biden. Do we need to say anything else about that, Bob? No, I, I, I it's, it's probably hard to talk about a politician without, you know, uh, <laughs> touching on politics a little bit, but 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 it but it but it's not it, what we're going to talk about is not meant to be a political conversation. It's meant to be more of a a stuttering related conversation. Yeah, yeah. So I posted this topic a few hours before we started to record on Facebook on the Stutter Talk. Facebook group. And uh, the comments uh, rushed right in. And of course, <laughs> you know, I said, please don't be political. And of course, it took about three seconds before it became political. And that's a shame. And uh, when I first started stuttering self-help, I went to a National Stuttering Association conference in my early 20s, and it was in the 1990s. And I was at the bar, of course, where, you know, we all congregate and talk. And I was at a table with several people who are on the far left and several people who were on the far right. And we all stuttered and we were all having a great time. And there were people at the table arguing about guns. And several people at the table were very conservative and they uh, are gun owners. And several people at the table were arguing with them about guns, about immigration, about abortion. And I kind of loved it. I kind of loved that we were all stutterers. We were all brothers. We just happened to be all men at the table. And that there was this common bond that held us together like glue, even though we strongly disagreed. And everybody at that table was friends. It wasn't mean. It was just a serious political conversation amongst friends who stutter. And I kind of loved that moment. Uh, I, I loved that the stuttering world can do that. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I wonder if if same thing happened today, if it'd be quite as easy to to, uh, to leave politics out of it. But but that's that's a whole other story, a whole other episode. <laughs> All right, so so Bob, I, I'm going to quote you one part from this column by by Isaac Bailey, and he writes, "quote I can't say with any certainty whether Joe Biden, the current front runner front runner for the Democratic." nomination for president is in cognitive decline, as many journalists and critics have begun to ponder aloud. I can say with certainty that what you are seeing of Biden during debates and on the stump can plausibly be explained by his lifelong battle with stuttering. I also know why it is easy for anyone to point to a few clips of Biden to make a seemingly compelling yet missed stumblers that his verbal stumbles are really about cognitive problems. Bob, do you agree with that? Or what are your thoughts on that? Well, yeah, I mean, I think certainly, I mean, I think any, well, first of all, first of all, 
Looking at any video on the on the internet is probably a ba- a bad idea, <laughs> unless you have unless you have the 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 raw, the raw footage. I would say uh, don't don't look at videos on the internet. That's probably rule, rule number one. But yeah, but I mean, but, but he he does have a lot of verbal gaps, and, and right, that's yes, not a political statement. Well, no, no, no. But the yeah. thing the thing that, the thing that, that I'm saying though is that is that if, if you if you excerpt out. Things, in other words, places where maybe he does have a, a a word substitution or he misspeaks, whatever it might be. You know, it's easy to then you know stitch together you know two or three things, four or five things, whatever you know, um, and make make anyone look 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 bad. And I think certainly a lot of the things that I see as well. And I don't watch a lot of political stuff. Um, I try to avoid it as much as possible. Um, but the things I see, you know, clearly um, people are people have an agenda. They're trying to to make a point that probably is not a valid point. Um, and um, I think that um, certainly the things uh, as as a as a trained observer, somebody knows about the characteristics of stuttering, so particularly people who are more covert and are trying to hide stuttering. Um, you see things there and go, yeah, of course, there was something going on there. Um, so, uh, but again, I think, <laughs> I think I think the other thing too is that any of us trying to sort of sit here, whether we're dr- trying to diagnose stuttering or cognitive decline or whatever, um, you know, we're just simply trying to guess um, in in either case, um, right? Well, and so I'll read real quickly. So when I posted this topic on the Stutter Talk Facebook group, Vivian Siskin, the amazing speech language pathologist in Maryland, she wrote this, we can speculate all we want, but accurate diagnosis requires assessment. And without that, we rely on surface features, perhaps not a great way to evaluate stuttering or cognitive issues. I think we both totally agree with that, but we also still want to talk about th- these issues. Is is that a fair way to oh, say sure. it? Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I, so it, <laughs> Go ahead. No, is it possible that Biden is showing overt and covert stuttering and possible possible cognitive de- decline. Are those things possible? Well, I, I don't think he's showing a, a lot a lot of overt stuttering. I don't think he's ever shown a lot of a lot of overt stuttering. Um, I th- you know why I said that? Yeah, because because when I listen to Biden talk, and I'm from Delaware, so he was my senator. Um, I grew up about a mile away from him. His church was where I went to play as a kid. Uh, it was my playground. Um, so when I hear Biden talk, knowing that he's a stutterer, I can see him doing things that it's like, oh yeah, okay, I get it. So I guess in my mind that's overt, but right, it's really right, right, not. Right, right. I, I yeah. think. Well, I think that there again, those of us who who have learned to look for the for the for the cues, I think that yeah, there's things that we might consider to be overt. That probably most most people miss. Um, I think one of the things, and I hope I hope this is not getting into into the political realm too much. If so, you, we may have to cut it out of the show. But I think one of the things that's that's always troubled me, like you say, you know, Biden's been in politics since um, I think was it nineteen seventy three that Biden first became a senator. I, I believe that's right. Um, I I'm not going to fact check it, but that sounds in the ballpark. Well, that means that. I started, I had changed my major to speech pathology as a 
junior in college, the same year that Joe Biden started uh, started in the U- U.S. Senate. Um, <laughs> uh, and I did, I, and I did fact check it. It was 1973. Okay. Yeah. So, so that, so that means that basically I finished my academic career. I worked as a SLP. I got a PhD. I worked as an academic and I've been retired for six years. And essentially during my entire lifetime, my entire adult lifetime, Joe Biden has been in politics and Rarely have I heard anything about him being a stutterer, um, except for maybe when it's been um, an excuse. And, and, and maybe that's not the right word. That's kind of a strong word. But you think of somebody who's been in, in the Senate or been in public life for almost 50 years um, and has had opportunities to either be more open about stuttering, to be more of an advocate for stuttering, to introduce legislation uh, in the Senate, to support people who stutter, um, whatever sorts of things it might be. Um, I don't know if Biden has ever done anything like that. Um, And now um, that he's running for president and um, there are some issues coming up regarding how he's coming across, then suddenly the issue that he stutters becomes this, um, this fallback. Well, I, again, I, and so I, that's why I'm, I'm maybe not as sympathetic as, as some, as some people s- seem to be, because the idea is that, that he, he's had plenty, plenty of opportunities to sort of be more open about his stuttering during his very, very long career as, 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 as a, as a politician. And, I can probably count on, on one hand the number of times that his stuttering has come up during the, the 40, 40 some years that he's been in, in politics. So just I, I, I want listeners to know I am not a shill for the Democratic Party. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I am a registered independent. Um, I have some strong disagreements with Vice President Biden on some positions that he holds. Having said all those things, I think I'm more sympathetic to his stuttering. Um, so I, I remember when he gave the keynote address at the National Stuttering Association. I don't remember what year that was, but it was before podcasts. Uh, it was before Stutter Talk. And be, I remember that because I contacted his office because I wanted to in, in interview him for a paper publication about his stuttering. Um, so he did uh, step up uh, and and speak to the stuttering community, and I and uh, I thought I give him a lot of credit for for doing that. Um, and like a lot of celebrities who stutter, it'd be nice if you heard them stutter. Like I could say the same thing about Emily Blunt. It'd be nice if we heard her publicly stutter when they talk about stuttering. Um, so I is it possible that his stuttering now is it possible that he's at a different phase in his life and that his stuttering now is harder in some way that it's changed that it's evolved? Well, maybe. I mean I I don't know. I mean <laughs> again, uh you know we can we can speculate as Vivian said, we can speculate all we want. Um, and as I, I replied to her comment, speculation is the fuel of the internet, you know, <laughs> so we can speculate all we want. Um, again, 
maybe there is something go, go, going on there. Maybe for some reason the stuttering has suddenly gotten worse. Maybe because the pressure's gotten gotten greater than is having more of an impact on his stuttering. Um, so I don't know. I'm but, a, but see, but see, the thing is, had he been open about his stuttering for his whole life, then he could just say, "Well, everybody knows I stutter. This, this is not a big deal. You all know I stutter. This is not a not a major issue." Um, I've been telling you about my stuttering since 1973, or at least 1978, or whatever, 1980, whatever it might be. Um, this is something that, <laughs> that, that that you've all known about, that, that you've all been 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 aware of, and I've and I've and I've advocated for people who stutter, and and um, and as a result of my advocacy, advocacy efforts, people who stutter are are living much be- better lives in 2020 than they were in 1980. Um, you know, but. well, so he is late to the stuttering party, but I do. So I'm a former covert stutterer. I hid my stuttering, you know, up through my very early 20s. I did a good job of it. So when Joe Biden, in his late adulthood decides that he's going to start talking about his stuttering. I, I let him in. Like I believe him. Um, I so I'm I I I I believe that he stutters. And sure. um yeah he does. Yeah. And so I'm a bit of a political junkie. I listen to uh left leaning media like public radio and the slate podcast i listen to right-leaning media like the commentary podcast and the national review podcast because i want to hear everybody's thoughts and angles and a few months ago i was listening to talks about this um this cycle of elections and one of the uh slate podcasters which is a left-leaning podcast they were talking about biden and they referred um, at, in a negative way as, oh, he was stuttering through that debate. And I was sort of shocked. And I'm like, do they not know he stutters? Like, that's a heck of a word to, so, and I don't, and I'm pretty sure they didn't mean it like he was stuttering like a person who stutters. They were, this, this person was using the word stuttering to say he wasn't making sense or he wasn't being clear. And, and I hear that and uh, you know, my stuttering f- f- feathers shoot up. Like I want to protect my stuttering brother, even though I don't always agree with him. Uh, so that type of thing happens. Um, well, and as I say, I think that I think that people would probably be less likely to use the word stuttering if Biden used the word stuttering. In other, in other words, again, I th- this stuff has, has all started to come out in the last what few weeks, few months, maybe. It's probably more, more like just just the last few weeks. I think that, again, the reason I'm so cynical about this is simply because I think it when it when it comes out now, it, it sounds like more of, of an excuse rather than an explanation. The idea is that, well, okay, the the reason I I'm I sound the way I do is because I I've had a lifelong stutter uh, um, that that I hide or whatever it might be. And it's like, well, if you've been giving public speeches for nearly 50 years, if you've been able to speak in the, in the Senate, if you've been able to give speeches when you're running for various offices, you've you've had to run for Senator for how many times you ran for vice president. You, you know, you had debates when you were, you were running for vice president. There were all these times when you were speaking 
And this stuttering did not seem to be an issue. And now all of a sudden, people are starting to question your mental competency because you're, you're having these gaffes when you're speaking. And now it's suddenly like, oh, by the way, I happen to stutter. And this is how I'm going to explain the things that you're, that you're seeing. And, and the reason, again, I'm, I'm not very sympathetic is that, well, when you pull it out as more of an excuse, when you had opportun- many opportunities over many, many years to be open about it so that people wouldn't reach this point where they're starting to point to your stuttering and say, oh, well, look, look, you know, he, he can't talk. He can't put his thoughts together. Um, again, it's, it's, it's something that it, when you say it's, it's late to the party, it's like, yeah, it's extremely late to the party. It's like, if you really believe that this stuff was important, then I don't think you would wait until you were running for president in your, 19, in your, in your 70s to be bringing it up and saying, oh, by, by the way, this is something I've lived with for, for my whole life. Um, and so like I say, I'm, I'm just, uh, I, I realize I'm, I'm not a very nice person. I realize I'm not being very generous here, but I just- No, think- no, no. Well, to, to, to be fair, he's been talking about his stuttering publicly for more than a decade. Um, that, that I know. Biden is not known as a great campaigner. He's somebody who has run for president a few times and did not do well. And again, that's not a, pol- a political statement. That's something that I think folks on the left and the right just see as fact. Um, so what, what you're saying, I get it. I also do have to wonder if his previous campaigns have not done well. This campaign season, he started off um, he's had an amazing comeback. We've never seen anything like it. And, I, and again, I don't want that to be a political statement. It's just kind of fact. I think people on the left and the right agree with that. Like he seemed to be out and now he's back. And I, I wonder if at some point it's like, well, what I'm doing is not working. Why not be open about stuttering? And like, so I, you know, I'm, I know that's generous, um, but here's something I really want to. Okay. Uh, so Biden's been on the campaign stage with eight or 10 Democratic candidates, and the left and the right have agreed he hasn't done well at all. Um, He's had a lot of what people call verbal gaffes. I mean, at at one point in a debate, he said that 150 million Americans have been killed by guns since 2007. You know, those type of gaffes he's known for. Uh, And then a few days ago, there was a one-on-one debate with with Bernie Sanders. And there was no audience. And there was only one other person he was debating. And when I listened to left-wing and right-wing media, they both completely agree that Biden won, that he was confident, that I kept hearing the word steady, that he was clear, that he was prepared. So if you look at that through a stuttering lens... Doesn't that make sense that if you take away an audience, that if you take away all the time pressure of having eight other people on stage, doesn't it make sense that a person who stutters would do better under those circumstances or might do better? Yeah, but but again, I, I don't think I don't think that the that the question has ever been whether Biden stutters or not. I mean, I don't think I don't think the issue is and, and sure, I, I think I think most of what you see with Biden probably can be explained by 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 his by his stuttering i mean i i don't think that um i don't think that um um 
the accusations that he's he's in mental decline or whatever are are fair. I mean, I, I think that um, um, uh, again, I can think of, think of another political statement I, I, I could make here, but but I, I'm not going to do it. I, I, I know I know that I, I think that that people have this penchant for wanting to sort of um, evaluate people from a distance when they don't really know what it is that they're looking at. Um, it's not just Biden that we're talking about here, but but I think that. Um, yeah, so so he he does better, which which probably confirms the, that he that he stutters. Yes, I think that that's true. I don't think there's any question about that. Um, um, and yeah, so maybe in these sorts of situations, he he does better. Maybe the fact that there was only one other person, he he had a, knew there was going to be a more finite number of of uh, of um, um, challenges might be coming. When you have six or seven other people, they can throw any any sort of stuff at you. Um, it may be harder to prepare for six or seven opponents um, in these so-called debates, um, which are really more like arguing matches than debates, but we won't get into that either. <laughs> but, but anyway, um, you know, so yeah, I mean, but but I, I don't think the question here is, do, does, does, Joe, does Joe Biden stutter? I don't think anybody's going to question the fact that he stutters. Um, and um, Oh, I think some. No, I think people are questioning it. Um, oh, it's, well, I, see, that's just that's just that that's well. Again, there there there's any shortage of ignorance um, in the world. Well, I, I, so. Right, right, uh, yeah, and and there's no shortage of partisanship either. Um, <laughs> on <laughs> this and yeah, I noticed. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, so, so just so people don't think I'm a shill for for Joe Biden, you know, I've been following this closely. I have, uh, you know, there's the clips of Joe Biden challenging someone to a push up contest, of yelling at a factory worker. Uh, <laughs> he called a voter a lying dog faced pony soldier, um, which he, which his people said was a John Wayne reference. So, you know, I, I personally can't say that's cognitive decline. I'm more interested in the stuttering stuff here. Um, so, you know, if you had to rate it, stuttering versus cognitive decline, Bob Guizel, how much stuttering do you think we're seeing that's impacting him out campaigning out in front of the microphones here? Like, do you think it's fifty percent? Like, oh, no, is that po- no, is that a fair question? No, well, I mean, again, I I don't know because I'm not going to try to do an and and. and armchair diagnosis. And, and then secondly, I don't, I haven't seen enough because again, I try, as I say, I try to avoid that stuff. Cause I know that, that, you know, absencing an entire, um, an entire, um, raw, raw video w- without any edits. And, and again, I, I, uh, again, this is, this is political too. You can cut this out if you want to, but, but I refuse to watch any political debate because, because, um, as I, as I said in, um, Back in 2016, I said, how, how is watching a political debate any different than watching Keeping Up with the Kardashians? Um, I think they're both just essentially made for television um, entertainment. Um, but anyway, 
Um, so well, I, I, I will say I hear you, but this one was rather interesting because there wasn't an audience, which is unusual. Well, it's unusual it's still, times. It's still a made-for-television event. The point is, if, if there wasn't a need for an audience, you know, again, they, they would they wouldn't do it. You know, they, they clearly, it was still broadcast. It was still for people to watch. It was still for people to consume. It was still sound bites and those sorts of things. Um, the the issue is that this basically. Um, well, and again, we don't, we're not supposed to be thinking of the politics, but the, the idea is that I haven't seen enough video of Joe Biden to be able to make an informed um, diagnosis. Um, again, I've seen a few things because, again, it's it's very uh, pervasive. Um, um, uh, I, I've read some things about it um, because, again, it is something that impacts the, the stuttering world. And so I've read some things about about it. Um, but, but again, I think that, you know, some of the things I've seen certainly could be explained as much about by stuttering as any sort of a cognitive declines sort of, sort of a thing. Um, but, but as I say, um, uh, my, my biggest problem is that, you know, the fact that it comes up now is, it looks to me like it's just simply being used more as an excuse than as a, um, as a, um, as, as anything else, um. So whether he's so it, to, to to excuse the fact that he's not coming across well, um, it's like again he could have he could have not he would not have been in this position had he been more open about his stuttering, uh, not just to the to the NSA. Keep that in mind as well. It's one thing to talk to a group of people who stutter. Um, that takes a certain amount of courage, but not a huge amount of courage. Getting up in front of the the Senate and giving a speech about stuttering and 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 arguing for increased funding for stuttering research or some sort of a way to support people who stutter would take a lot more courage than getting up in front of the National Stuttering Association Convention as a keynote speaker. And so, again, the idea that, you know, had he, had he taken up those opportunities during his career, stuttering would not be, be an issue today. People would, wouldn't be talking about it, or they might be talking about it, but the idea would be that we've always known that Joe Biden stuttered. Um, and people who, who are talking about it just haven't been paying attention to what's going on. And, um, and so, as I say, the thing that, I think the thing that bothers me is simply the fact that, that it comes up and it's just, you know, it, it's, it seems as, it seems more as more excuse than anything else to me. See, I, we're coming at this from very different perspectives because I give him more credit than that. I mean, the fact that a leading senator would speak to a stuttering self-help group at their annual conference, I, I thought that was amazing. Like, And I was so upset that that was the year I didn't go. Um, I, I thought that was really cool. Um, like, like, like how how many votes is that really going to get them? Right? Uh, well, no, so, no, it, no, it, it, no. As I say, it, it isn't going to get them many votes. But the idea is that that I I think that I think that um, uh, as I say, you know, I, I don't know. Again, it just it just doesn't seem to me to be something that. that I'm, involves a, a whole lot of courage to get up to a bunch of people who basically you, you know are going to be on your side because you're 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 a member of that of that team so um as i say i think that- uh, but but if you read the online comments there's a lot of stutterers who aren't on his side you know oh, right, right, it's sure. so hard yeah. Yeah. so it, it's taken me too long to get here but <laughs> as as i reflect on all, all this you know i stutter i know stuttering 
Uh, I have. Uh, I was raised with four grandparents, so I've experienced cognitive decline amongst people that I love. Um, and when I hear Biden talk, and I, I don't watch TV. Uh, well, I mean, I, I watch Netflix, but but when I hear the debates, it, it's on radio. Um, and when I hear Biden talk, and when I hear him um, get a little lost in his thoughts and not complete sentences, I. I can understand why people bring up cognitive decline um, when they're being serious, not when they're being snarky about it. But it also feels very consistent with my personal experience of stuttering. Um, so, you know, I'm certainly not diagnosed in co- cognitive decline, but I'm very comfortable saying, you know, he says he's a stutterer and something about this experience feels stuttery to me. Oh, sure. And as I say, I mean, I think that, like I say, I'm not going to put a put a percentage on stuttering versus cognitive decline, but I, but uh, but I would I would I'd, I suspect, or to use Vivian's word, I would speculate that that it's you know it that it's mostly stuttering. Okay, I mean, if if, if it's cognitive decline, it may be a a, a, li- a little bit just because all of us guys that are getting older are, are suffering some degree of cognitive decline, um, but but. But again, I think that I think that this is just it's it's just um, um, it's sort of like the presidential campaign playing itself out. Um, the sort of need to need to talk talk about something. So let's just sort of throw something out there that we can sit and, and talk about. Um, not 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 you you and me. I'm not talking about it, but I mean just right. just this 24-hour news cycle. Um, have to make sure we have something that we can convene our panels of, of eight experts around the table um, sharing the <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, so th- this is as good a topic as any for people to, to be talking about. Um, so right. so I, I, I want to share with you that when I was a kid in Delaware, my grandfather used to take me to the JCC, to the Jewish Community uh-huh. right. Center, sure. to swim, to play pool. And I'm guessing I was about seven or eight years old. I could have been younger. And he took me to the JCC to go swimming. And Senator Biden was there with the Republican senator from Delaware. And I didn't know politics, but I knew enough to know they were on different teams. But they were standing there talking to uh, members of the community. And it was just very casual. Like there were people sitting with folding chairs, and the two the two senators from Delaware were were hanging out like they were friends. And uh, I asked my grandfather, I said, you know, why are they friends? Why are they together at this event? And my grandfather said to me, "We're Jews. We need everybody." And I'll never for I never forget that. And so the spirit I'm coming at this whole conversation with today is we're Americans, we're people, we need everybody. So I don't want anybody to read a partisan bone in my body from this conversation. Like, you know, whether I agree with Biden or not, he is my stuttering brother. Uh, and, sure. Uh, yeah. 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 Well, <laughs> Do you have, yeah, Bob, no, please. No, as I say, and again, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm probably be, being a, a, a little bit harsh um, because again, um, you know, it, it, as I say, I, I just, I just, um, you know, um, I, I'm probably just tired of all the, all the, all the bickering that goes on, you know? And so, um, um, 
maybe this what wasn't the wasn't the wasn't the best topic for us to be talking about. <laughs> but, no, no, uh, I, I think it, I think it, it's it's good that we disagreed. You know, like when I listen to Biden talk and he gets lost in, or oh, it sounds like he's getting lost in his words. You know, I can't shake the memory of how many times I pretended not to know what I was oh, saying sure. because yeah, what yeah. I wanted because I was going to stutter on what I was going to say. Yes, yes. So hearing Biden, you know, I'm not saying he's doing that. But when he comes out so openly and says that he stutters and we don't hear him stutter, um, it feels like – it just feels very coverty to me. It feels like like there's some possible covert stuttering going on. I'm not diagnosing him. I'm not – we're just talking. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's important that during this stressful health crisis, we get on air and talk about something else for a few <laughs> minutes just to get our minds and our anxiety. So I hope we've provided the listeners – Something interesting. I'm, you know, send your hate mail to stuttertalk at stuttertalk.com. We are not endorsing anybody for president or for any other office. We're just talking about stuttering. Bob, you you get the last word on this. I I don't really know if I have have a have have a last word or not. Um, um, I just hope that things get back to to normal soon. Um, I. My, my favorite re- restaurant here here in town had to close uh, at least to to uh, eat in business because the of the uh, coronavirus issue and so luckily I was able to get um, corned beef and cabbage carry out so we're gonna have corned beef and cabbage tonight for St Patrick's Day in spite of the fact that chubby's is is closed to um, eat in uh, um, dining but but we're going to continue to support our local restaurants that are offering curbside uh, service so that they don't go out of business because of this coronavirus thing. We've been doing the same thing. Make sure you tip everybody, not you. I mean, everybody, no, they, make sure right. you tip, you tip everybody. They, they well, tips, right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, well, you know what? I'm not going to talk about the virus right now. I'm going to thank everybody for listening to Stutter Talk and Dr. Queasel, Bob, the expert. I want to thank you. <laughs> thank you, Peter. For your years of service. <laughs> okay. 